some of those more interest rate sensitive sectors have really started to turn. So I think that's where I would be looking going into 2024. Welcome to Views from the Desk, a special edition of the BMO ETFs podcast. In these timely episodes, we provide the latest investment news and expert commentary on the markets, the economy, and investing. Brought to you by BMO Global Asset Management. In its final decision of 2023, the Bank of Canada held its key rate steady at 5%. Is this a sign cuts are on the horizon? In today's episode, Portfolio Managers Chris Heeks, Winnie Jang, and your host, Mackenzie Box, explore what lies ahead. They also discuss Q4 bank earnings and sector ideas for 2024. Before we hear from the team, please consider subscribing to Views from the Desk on your preferred podcast platform. And for many more ETF insights and resources, visit BMOETFs.com. That's BMOETFs.com. Hello, and welcome back to our ETFs Weekly Insights podcast with our team of experts. Thank you to everyone for continuing to tune in and to provide your comments each and every week. I'm today's host, Mackenzie Box and Product at BMO Global Asset Management. Today, I have Chris Heeks and Winnie Zhang here with me, who are both portfolio managers on our ETF desk. So a special thank you to Chris and Winnie for joining me today. Good to be here. Thanks, Mackenzie. Thank you, Mackenzie. All right. Well, let's dive in. Chris, we're going to start with you. Something that's topical right now, the big six banks have just reported and despite the early miss by Scotia, the group has seen a sediment shift in recent weeks as overall equity sediment has improved. How did the Canadian banks fare? And what is the read-through to the three exposures that BMO offers? So that's our ZEB, the BMO Equal Weight Banks Index ETF, our BMO Covered Call Canadian Banks ETF, ticker ZWB, and our newest addition, the BMO Canadian Bank Accelerator ETF, ticker ZEBA. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Mackenzie. We just finished the big six reported. Uh, like you said, uh, started off with a bit of a, a miss with Scotia, uh, quite a big miss, actually. Um, Scotia's kind of been the most negatively looked upon bank of the group in general this year. And, you know, they announced some strategic changes took some extra charges and, uh, you know, as a result, missed earnings by quite a bit. To give you a sense of the sentiment that day, Scotia was down just over 4% that day. So, you know, it looked like we could be on a little bit of a shaky ground, but, you know, the rest of the banks, uh, the five other big, big six banks really picked up the slack. I think if you look at the price move on earnings day, that gives you a good sense of what the market thinks about earnings. And for the six banks, uh, CIBC, National, Royal, and BMO were up between, you know, over 2%. So between 2% and 5% approximately. You know, those are very strong moves. We haven't really seen that in a few quarters. Uh, TD was slightly negative. Uh, Scotia was, was, as I said, it was down over 4%. But with this improving sentiment, it actually regained all that lost ground in a, in a matter of two or three days. So, you know, on average as a group, very well received by the market. You know, I think the back the, the background tone on equities certainly has helped. You know, in November, the S&P 500 is up 9%. Some of that uh, pressure of interest rates has started to subside. And, and, and Winnie is, of course, going to get more into that as well as we, as we move forward. But, you know, all those things put together created a little bit more of a favorable environment. 
Now, to be sure, banks are still putting away kind of reserves for, call it the rainy days. Uh, you know, still think there's some economic slowdown ahead, but definitely, you know, more along the lines of it'll be a natural slowdown as opposed to a, a really significant one. It'll be, you know, exposures that are are manageable. You know, mortgages is one in Canada, and and you you know they dive deep into the mortgage book, and there's not a lot of stress or strain there. You know, with the property price uh, appreciation, you know, the loan to value, overall value, that housing market is pretty healthy. You know, in the case where, uh, you know, there are higher loan to value properties, typically uh, with, they're with higher credit score type borrowers. So the credit picture looking good and all that has boded well for the Canadian banks. You know, another notable thing, uh, Mackenzie, five of the six banks raised their dividend. So going into our next dividend payment in January. And I think we can safely say that dividend growth is firmly back on back on board with the Canadian banks. Uh, we're looking at a three-year dividend growth rate of about eight percent per year, and you know, dividend growth, as we know, is is always a good thing, uh, good thing to see. So all that has kind of you know fueled a lot of optimism. You know, banks, you know, across our lineup, uh, and you mentioned our strategies. They've been you know some of our most, um, you know, we've seen the most inflows to those strategies over the year. They've concentrated in ZEB, and I would still say that is kind of the, call it the de facto bank tool we see investors using to get upside exposure to Canadian banks. Going into ZEB, a very simple equal weight exposure on those six banks, low cost, very effective, very liquid exposure. The Canadian cover call banks continues to be very popular among income investors. Uh, so that's the ticker ZWB. Uh, with yields uh, north of uh, north of six percent, so we continue to see interest there as well. But yeah, no, I did want to mention our ZEBA. It's a newer uh, ETF we brought to the market, the BMO Canadian Bank Accelerator ETF. And probably don't have time to go do a super deep dive today, but you know, it's it's one of our structured outcome ETFs that you know seeks to provide a little bit of a different payoff return in terms of Canadian banks. And specifically, what what the what it's aiming to do is increase price returns within an accelerator zone, so provide some upside leverage or increased exposure, but without taking increased uh, exposure on the downside. And does this through the use of options, buying an at-the-money option, selling two out-of-the-money options to finance it. And so, uh, essentially, the trade-off is you can get accelerated price returns within a zone. There's an upside cap. So, you know, if you think bank returns are going to be exceptionally, exceptionally strong, you would probably do better in the ZEB. But if they're solid and constructive, you know, this is where a product like the, you know, the BMO Canadian Bank Accelerator ETF ZEBA can can potentially add value. And we've actually seen that, you know, as the ZEB was up 8.4% in November, Benefiting off those trends we discussed, uh, we actually did see some good performance out of the new strategy as well. So another interesting one as investors are um, are eyeing to take exposure in the Canadian banks, but uh, certainly uh, certainly nice to see some positive trends starting to emerge. And if we do get you know the softer landing going forward, um, you know these this group of banks is trading at very attractive valuations attractive dividend yields. So it could be a good theme as we start to look forward towards the end of the year here and into next. Great. Thanks, Chris. Want to reduce the risk of market timing or increase near-term growth? Our new range of BMO structured outcome ETFs can help you dial down risk or dial up equity returns. To learn more, visit BMOETFs.com. 
ZOCKET.com and search for tickers Z-O-C-T, Z-U-E-A, and Z-E-B-A. Winnie, we're going to switch gears to you. Uh, with the Bank of Canada rate decision yesterday, can you quickly touch on what happened and what is expected by the market and what do you see going forward? How should investors be positioning their portfolios given the decision we saw yesterday? Yeah, of course. Thank you, Mackenzie. So the Bank of Canada's announcement yesterday wasn't much of a surprise at all. Um, the bank decided to keep the benchmark rate steady at 5%. And that was pretty much what people were expecting going into the meeting. Uh, with the recent deceleration in core PCE, it's pretty clear that the higher rates are working to slow demand and inflation. That said, the bank repeated in their statement that they were prepared to do more rate hikes if inflation doesn't continue to move towards their uh, 2% target. So over the past few months, we saw uh, headline inflation remain quite sticky, still sitting above 3%, while wage growth is still running hot and financial condition has actually eased up a little bit lately with the, inflation, uh, with the interest rate coming down from their October highs, which provided a breather for risk asset over the past month, uh, especially those with long durations. Recent economic data, uh, however, printed a less rosy picture. Canadian labor markets show some signs of normalization as uh, job vacancy suggested the demand for labor is slowing down, uh, with job opening down almost 40% from their peak a year ago. The third quarter Canada GDP figure was revised upward, but if you cut through the noise uh, driven by increase in uh, government spending and home building, that which could muddy up numbers, we saw stagnant household consumption despite the surge in population. Canadians also chose to save more of their income instead of spending them. The saving rates was actually reported at 5.1% versus the average of 2.4% between 2015 and 2019. So with that being said, while the Canadian economy is showing signs of slowing, also very clear that we're not in a recession ter uh, territory yet, there is some concern that a premature pivot, which means rate cut, might lead to a surge in activity and therefore inflation. So we think the Bank of Canada will likely continue to hold the policy rate at its current level at 5% over the next couple of quarters until evidence starts to accumulate um, on that, like a major economic slowdown. So with these numbers suggesting that uh, slacking is accumulating and uncertainty is still high in the market, we want to reiterate the importance of having quality and diversification is key to a portfolio uh, that's well-positioning portfolio. Um, investors can take advantage of utilizing um, BMO fixed income ETFs, which is the most comprehensive uh, fixed income product suite in Canada. We provide high-quality investment-grade aggregate bond exposure through the BMO um, Aggregate Bond Index ETF, ticker ZAG, which is really an all-season core exposure that generally performs well in almost all market conditions. And on top of that, we also provide targeted duration and targeted sector uh, exposure that covers the entire yield curve and credit curve, allowing clients to make uh, tactical reallocation within their portfolio with just a few clicks away. And that's really one of the biggest advantage of for um, investing in ETF. It really allows you to make timely moves in a cost-efficient manner in this highly dynamic market. Great. Thanks, Winnie.
Chris, turning to you, 2023 again has seen a narrow concentration of returns from a sector perspective. Tech was up over 40%, um, but not much else was doing a whole lot. Are there any new trends emerging and any sector ideas as we look to turn the page for 2024? For sure. You know, it's a tough, tough environment where uh, you have a lot of tech leadership, but not a lot of other sectors have, you know, really performed well in 2023. But, you know, uh, what we have seen as of late with, uh, you know, that little bit of, um, you know, abating of the pressure on interest rates and long rates have come down a little bit. We, we never want to say mission accomplished, but it's a potentially, you know, and I think equity investors are starting to position that that we are at that end of that rate kind of normalization now. And what you've seen is that rally in bonds. But, you know, on the equity side, some of those uh, more interest rate sensitive sectors have really started to turn. So I think that's where I would be looking kind of going into 2024. And I like them for a couple reasons. But two, I'd like to highlight ZUT, so BMO Equal Weight Utilities Index ETF, that's Equal Weight Canadian Utilities. Um, and then there's our infrastructure, ZGI, BMO Global Infrastructure Index ETF, uh, which has a mixture of kind of uh, infrastructure utilities, but other infrastructure plays, um, you know, in, in some other sectors as well, like industrials. Two reasons I like those, as I mentioned, you know, these are more interest rate sensitive exposures. Year to date, for example, uh, the utilities is down 7%, but you know, up until uh, Halloween, it was down closer to 20% for the year. So since October 31st, it's come back 11% in, in just over five weeks or just around five weeks. ZGI, similar story. It's about flat on the year, but it's up close to 8% since uh, October 31st. So we're seeing a, a turnaround in those assets. I think you'll see a read through potentially to low volatility portfolios as well that are a little bit more interest rate sensitive. But I'll just focus on the sectors. And those are two that I think you know can really help investors position. And as I mentioned, there's the interest rate component, but also as Winnie mentioned, the you know potential for an economic slowdown. Typically, that does happen at the end of the hiking cycle. You see that, you know, a little bit of pressure on the economy. Here's where more defensive sectors, more defensive exposures can pick up some of the slack in the portfolio. Again, they're trading at, you know, somewhat more depressed levels. Um, you know, if you look at the, the higher multiple of the of broad indexes, it's usually because technology is carrying a very high uh, price earnings momentum within that sector. The other six sectors really aren't very expensive, and, and that very much applies to banks as well. It's, they are not very expensive on a historical basis. Um, the same would apply to these exposures as well, ZUT and ZGI. So you know, I think those are a couple tools that investors could look to uh, see if they can fit in their portfolio, get a little bit of mean reversion next year. Uh, ZGI, uh, you know, we've talked about for years and is, you know, a great portfolio completion tool. It's not necessarily an alternative, but the infrastructure tends to give you lower correlation to broad equities like the S&P 500 and the TSX tends to have a lower correlation, gives you a little bit more diversification. And, uh, you know, as I mentioned, it's, you know, it's uh, some of these things like utilities and infrastructure, Regardless of the economic situation, we know they're very necessary components to keep the lights on and keep the uh, keep the water moving. So keep the utilities going. So very important inelastic exposures. And uh, so those are two that I think could be interesting into 2024. Thanks, Chris. Great insight there.
does market volatility have you wondering where to go to ride out the storm? Not all cash equivalents are created equal, and BMO's Money Market and Ultra Short-Term Bond ETFs offer several high-quality options to park client cash. To learn more, visit BMOETFs.com and search for tickers ZUCM, ZMMK, ZST, and ZUS. Winnie, last but not least, vibes in the market certainly shifted recently. Rates took a sharp turn and dropped after it peaked in mid-October. Spreads tightened over the last month. Now, can you explain why this happened and what investors should focus on going into the new year? Yeah, everyone in the market seems to feel pretty good these days. Um, The market has decided that the top is in, in terms of interest rates after the U.S. October CPI headline and core prints came in lower than expectation. Now, indeed, central banks have shifted to a less hawkish stance on their monetary policy by saying that, yes, we have ramped up interest rate at a historically quickest pace, and inflation is now kind of under control. So we recognize there are these uh, long and variable lags. So let's take a pause in this rate hiking cycle and see what happens next. So the market took it and really just ran with it, ran with it. And um, the government bond, we moved like, higher with the 10-year yields like coming down from the October peak around 5% to now just under 4.2% in the U.S. And that's a huge move of 80 basis points within a month. So lower yield trigger rally in the stock market, as Chris just mentioned, we saw the uh, S&P 500 up uh, 9% during the month of uh, November. And these big moves in the market made some investors wonder uh, whether it's safe to assume that rate will continue to go down from their current levels. So let's take a step back and look at what kind of assumptions were baked into the market that caused the recent drop in interest rates. Looking at the futures, um, the market is actually saying that the Fed is not only done with raising rates, but it will start cutting rates by early next year, uh, as early as Q1. I would be very cautious with that kind of bet here. I think the market's a little bit ahead of itself, and I don't think the Fed will cut rates simply because inflation is now more under control relative to six months ago. It's very important to keep in mind that neither the Fed nor the BOC have announced their, at the end of their uh, battle against inflation. This is more of a cautious pause rather than a victory claim. They know if they give up too quickly just when the inflation line becomes insight, they might lose it. And the central banks still have the very last mile to go to drive inflation to their 2% target. Central banks will only cut interest rate when something awful is happening in the economy. And we haven't seen that kind of scenario being priced in to uh, street expectation for early next year. So given the progress uh, in bringing inflation down and the slowing in the economy, the theme for 2024 will likely be, I think, you know, how long will rates remain uh, this high while growth slows? We think that rates will remain high into the second half of the year in the U.S. and central bank um, probably won't start cutting rate until later in the year, let's say like Q3 or even Q4. So with that being said, I think investors can start to consider adding duration to their portfolio with anticipation of rate cut late next year. Uh, we think the BMO Long Federal Bond Index ETF, ticker ZFL, and the BMO Long-Term U.S. Treasury Bond 
index ETF, ticker set TL, would be great fits for investors who wants to add duration. You really get that targeted duration exposure in these funds pretty easily. And for those of you who still overweight the short end or money market, you know, uh, and want to make a more subtle move to long duration, our BMO aggregate bond index ETF ticker ZAG would be a great uh, choice as well as it provides quality exposure along this entire yield curve. Great. Thanks, Winnie. Those are all the questions that we have for this week. So I just want to thank everyone for listening in and a special thank you to both Chris and Winnie for providing some great insights. And with that, I'll wish everyone a great week and we'll see you next week. Thank you to Mackenzie Box, Chris Heeks, and Winnie Jang for joining us on the BMO ETFs podcast. Today, we heard about the BMO Aggregate Bond Index ETF, ticker ZAG, which invests in a diversified portfolio of federal, provincial, and corporate bonds with more than 80% rated A and above. Our experts also discussed interest-sensitive sectors. The BMO Equal Weight Utilities Index ETF, ticker ZUT, provides exposure to Canadian utility stocks, which tend to perform well during economic downturns or recessions due to ongoing demand. For more information about the ETFs discussed in this podcast, check out the episode notes, contact your regional BMO ETF specialist, or visit the ETF Center at BMOETFs.com. That's BMOETFS.com. Views from the Desk has been brought to you by BMO Global Asset Management. The viewpoints expressed by the portfolio managers represent their assessment of the markets at the time of publication. Those views are subject to change without notice at any time without any kind of notice. The information contained herein is not and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice to any party. Investments should be evaluated relative to the individual's investment objectives, and professional advice should be obtained with respect to any circumstance. Any statement that necessarily depends on future events may be a forward-looking statement. Forward-looking statements are not guarantees of performance. Commissions, management fees, and expenses, if any, all may be associated with investments in exchange-traded funds. Please read the ETF facts or prospectus before investing. Exchange-traded funds are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently and past performance may not be repeated. BMO Global Asset Management is a brand name under which BMO Asset Management Inc. and BMO Investments Inc. operate.